When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded and edited for content and context. The opinions shared by L.C. Fox and Baco do not necessarily reflect the opinions of L.C. Fox or Baco. Welcome to the show. Listening to Cobras and Fire, a Pantheon podcast featuring your host, Elsie Fox and Baco. Let the comedy rock talk begin. The time is right to accept my revealing enemy, but I will fight to the end. No more lying and wait just to weave in the score. There's a price to be paid, now it's time for war. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, LC, and I'm joined, as always, with the Les Moobly Baco. How are you, sir? <laughs> Les Moobly. That must be a reference to something I said uh, under the influence of some uh, ocean whiskey. Uh, I'm yeah. well. I'm well. Yeah, I'm just saying, the less likely to need to wear a bro, Baco. <laughs> yeah, I I'm turning, turning in the right direction. Yeah, man, we're all in the same zone. You're visiting the planet fitness now, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. getting more... Continuing my uh, physical therapy, kind of taking it up a notch. That's right. Listen, I, we're men of a certain age. I've, uh, I, uh, uh, you, you don't realize sometimes, you know, when when you, when you look that these kids they've taken they've taken so much out of you over over time, <laughs> right? Gravity affects the bo- both of us. You, I think that's the biggest inspiration to ever going to the gym. I think at 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 our age is is the the, the level of the moves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, we're I think we're in good company based on the people I see at the gym. But hey, it's also a judgment free zone, so I don't want to be uh, uh, critical. Uh, just planet, on, these are my planet people. fitness. Yeah, that's right, man. I'm just saying, like, what, what what zone did you start wearing a undershirt? Because I I, I do I do a lot of times because it, like it's like the bro the uh, the, the show on Seinfeld. You're like, what's a bro? Uh, did, I've never worn an undershirt other than when it was like uh, like a, a button up shirt or something like that, or sometimes in the winter time. Uh, but that's more for warmth. But 
Uh, so I never, I never got to that level. Uh, but uh, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But but what of what about uh, also after your? Uh, I wanted to bring this up just because the conversation of uh, the 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 uh, the attempt at health. Did you ever go to the gym when you were younger though? Mm-hmm. And 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 smoke on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I actually, I, uh, a buddy of mine gave me a home gym when I was 23. Like, he won it and didn't have room for it. And that was the first time I kind of tore into it and looked at diet. And I, 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 I mean, I went hardcore during that period. I, I, I would, I would uh, boil chicken. I cut out all dairy. And uh, that was probably the, the closest I got to actually being like a, a physically fit human being. Um, you know, about one, 180, 175, somewhere in that range. I would love to get back to those days, by the way. Uh, and yeah, I was a smoker. I would go out drinking every night and stuff like that. And the last time I actually had a gym membership would have been in the early 90s until about 2000. I had a Bally's membership for about four or five years, and I would go a couple times a week. You know, that was when the band was kind of busy. So you want to keep the biceps looking good for the shows and things of course, guys, some sleeveless. You got yeah, no yeah. sleeves, right? You got, got, got to show off the guns and everything, a little gun show. But you know, smoking was way more prevalent back then you saw it everywhere you know so yeah i would i was a smoker so i would smoke on my way to the gym and i'd have one afterwards so i know i just thought, I thought it would be kind of amusing is it not amusing to think that i was a smoker at some point too i was surprised to hear that because to me you're the kind of guy who smokes when he's drinking with all of his buddies who smoke and and although i, I will say this you seem like the type of guy that would probably buy your own cigarettes you wouldn't be that annoying uh cigarette mooch uh, and then your cigarettes that were left at the end of the night would go to one of your friends. Uh, so that uh, that's a compliment I'll give you. But I was surprised. You said you were a two pack a day guy. Mm, maybe a pack, okay. stuff like that. But but like from like twenty five to like thirty two. Like I never smoked when I was younger, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I was around a group. It's just interesting the so- how things are socially wise. Like like nowadays, like I tell you this much. The other day I'm, I'm I'm driving by in the neighborhood and I see this guy taking his trash out. Well, he's got got a smoke, you know, like a smoke in there all the way to the end, uh, you know, smoking while he's taking his trash out, drops it, like stomps on it and like keeps walking in his own yard. And I'm like, I'm like, that's the point, I think, that all of us were in at some point where you're younger. Like, yeah, it just this makes sense. I'll just smoke when I'm taking out the trash, doing all these activities. And now it's just like you see a guy smoking. You're like, what the fuck is that guy doing? It's just a different world. That's my point. But you would smoke. On the way to the gym, but I was always a self-loathing smoker. Like I hated the smell, hated everything, like that. It's a weird habit. Yeah, you, know, you can see how someone can. You can see how someone can get into overeating because you eat pizza and you're like, God, this is fucking amazing. But nobody t- has their first cigarette and goes, "Fuck yeah, give me more." You know what I mean? It's 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 a total peer pressure thing. You know what I mean? I, and then at a certain point, it's addicted. You're you know, so it's uh, yeah. it's an evil evil thing. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like the, the the whole thing too, and then the fact that that when you're when you're with that, you actually are with ladies too, like like uh, the fact that you're just disgusting. Everybody's gross. Smoking well, is gross all, all over. I mean, every, women smoke too. You know what I mean? It was, I know. It's just it it's, was everywhere, man. It was. You know, I you seem more like a school bandit guy. A what? <laughs> school a school, oh, you think, you think I just put it right in the in that, my, my cheek? Yeah, but you wouldn't go full on actual chew. You get those little baggies. Oh, no. I was big league chew. If if you take context and how things actually were out of the picture, it sticks out. Because like now, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised when I see somebody smoke. I can smell somebody smoking in a car ahead of me. But in 2000, that wasn't the case. I smoked in my fucking car, for Christ's sakes. If it was more socially acceptable, would you still be doing it still? 
that's the only thing that that changed. Like, because the 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 reason I quit when I did was because of a three dollar uh, tax hike uh, per pack. Oh, that was your reason. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I was already at the point where it was like five fifty a day, right? That's what I was spending, and I'm like, "This is a lot of fucking money." You know, we were both pack a day smokers. Yeah. And if we had right. fucking tacked on it, it would have been another a th- like bringing in a third person that we're paying for cigarettes, basically with that tax crease. So yeah, I uh, I flew to Texas for a week, bought stocked up on cigarettes, ran out, and then I was done. So my point is, everybody out there is is that for those that smoke, just know that you are a fucking rebel, man. You will not have society hold you back. You will fuck your health up, and you go against the man. And quite possibly broke. But hey, let's shift gears here. We haven't talked in a while. It's been a few weeks since our last episode. We, of course, took the week of the 4th of July off to, I don't know, spend too much time with our families that we avoid doing the podcast. The last two years, the wife and I have decided to go up to Duluth to catch hairball. They actually play on the 3rd each every year. Um, And then we come back down for the 4th. You know, now that the kids are out of the house... If there isn't anything family-wise planned, there, there's little chance that we're going to go out to a fireworks show. It's just, it's a lot of work for very little payoff when you don't have a family to, like children basically to entertain. Uh, but that, that said, so I don't know if we started a new tradition or not, uh, but we've done it two years in a row. I noticed one thing this year that, that I thought I'd, I'd share with you and the listeners to see if there's anybody out, out there that maybe has similar shared experience. You know, maybe I can also break that light bulb too for them like I did in previous episodes. Uh, with the whole thing about women not getting out of car, I think was one of them. Amy and I come from a very similar background. Southern Minnesota, small town, kind of lower income family, uh, small town farming kind of communities. And I noticed that we, you know, there's a lot of habits from, from our childhood that we just haven't gotten rid of, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, like when I go out to eat, for instance, uh, about halfway through the meal, I determine whether or not I'm going to be able to finish what's on my plate or not. Because if you go to a certain point, then you have a good chunk of food left, but not enough to take home. But if you stop mm. at a certain point, it's a decent amount of leftovers that you can have for breakfast the next morning or something like that. You know what I mean? Maybe take it to work for lunch. So those kind of frugal things that aren't really necessary in my life right now, but it's definitely just ingrained in me. It's like I just can't stop being this guy. Anyway, we both pack for short, you know, couple day trips, exactly the way our family did when they would pack up the families, you know, little all that good stuff. You know, bring cl- clothes that you may need to put on because you you can't put it on if you don't have it, but you can take it off if you don't need it. Uh, get a cooler, put put snacks in it. You know, we go to the grocery store, we basically load it up, put ice on it, get get all these drinks that we have handy, and then we never do use any of it. Out of basic, really petty convenience, you know, you know, we'll be outside and it's like, ah, it's a little cold. The car's like two blocks away. I'm going to go buy a $75 hoodie. And then okay. it's like, you know what? While you're doing that, give me this $4 bottle of uh, generic water. You know what I mean? It's just like, and then we come home, we have all this fucking snacks and, you know, which is nice. We get to spread those out for a couple of weeks. But it's just <laughs> every time without fail, we, we ended up like anything we need to wear, we buy. I bought a jacket and a hat and I had both in the car. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many bottles of water I bought when I had a 12 pack of them floating in the back of the, the vehicle the whole time. And I don't know. It just uh, it, it it never fails. Uh, when you guys go on trips, do you basically bring everything you need and then only shop as need be, or do you just go fuck it? Let's just buy this ridiculous thing. Uh, I am the the <clears throat> I overpack. 
hundred uh, percent. But that's that's been brought on with uh, the kids and stuff like that. Where yeah. I, I, every time that we have a car, I'm like, it doesn't matter what the fuck the size of the car is. It always seems like you need more room, mm-hmm. and you don't need more room. You seem to bring less shit. <laughs> stuff like that like just bring the basics bring the uh, like you just said you can just get it there man it's on vacation that's how you should get clothes all your clothes my theory is your clothes should just tell the world where you've been man you should just have labels <laughs> everything should say if you've been man you've been to duluth i see that man because it's on your shirt bro it's what you need you're, you're you should just be like a walking map of your life okay that's what i say bring nothing just souvenir the fuck out of your life. Well, I think that's the shift I should make. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but not bring it too. What's that? Not bring it. You that's just what I'm getting one. at. I have Listen. to. I'm already yeah. doing that part. Overpaying because it right. is. I'm not like going out to to Target trying to get a good deal on a on a windbreaker. No, I'm like that kiosk over there selling ridiculously <laughs> priced hoodies. I'm going to get one of those. And you're in a different town every day when you're on vacation, man. Nobody knows you're wearing the same pair of cargo shirt, shorts. They're they're tan. They're slightly tan. You could, all you need is one. Just just brush them off. You're ready to roll over the next town. You don't need yeah. another pair. Well, you right? know. Uh, did you know that uh, um, jeans were designed to be worn for a whole week? Oh. I've always known that, and, and I think to. I think uh, cargo shorts fall into that same category. I, I, I rotate them every other. I, I basically I, I wear them to work for a week, and on Friday they go in the wash. The guy that ran Levi's says you're never supposed to really wash your jeans. Hmm. No joke. He yep. said like you're not. You're supposed Wait, to just like you're soak not them. kidding. No, that's the other he thing says, you say all the time. Oh, I'm boom! No, no joke. Not kidding. <laughs> One layer off. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that. I'll gotta, go with that one. I got to watch mine because uh, I don't have much on. <laughs> All right. We're getting hot. So Things anyway, of that nature is coming up. Anyway, other than that, uh, it was a good trip. Uh, everything was pretty uneventful. Weather for hairball was not the greatest, but it wasn't the worst. So uh, whatever. Yeah. Last year was just so fucking nice. Maybe I, I felt spoiled, but it was still really cool. We play some deep cuts, some deep Prince cuts. It's a fucking hair metal cover band. They don't play oh, yeah? deep cuts. Yeah, oh, they play so. some. Come mm, on, no. They got a little surprise of the three. Sometimes I thought when I saw they, they mix it little, up a little, little bit, bit. but uh, I mean. you're, you're not hearing fucking. Uh, I don't even know what a deep cut ACDC track would be. You're not going to hear. God, they have so many big cuts. Nightcrawler. So you're not going to hear <laughs> Nightcrawler, right? Night, yeah, yeah, that pro- yeah, Prowler. You're not going to hear but, anything uh, off of Poweridge. But when they put on the quiet my quiet Myatt, quiet riot mass, are they playing like uh, nothing off a of QR three? Nothing like that. <laughs> no, I bet okay. you could pick the two songs they play. <laughs> Mama, we're all crazy, and uh, come on, feel the noise, Uh-oh. or bang your head. That's all they do. Metal health two. and come on, feel the noise. Okay, right? okay, fair enough. Ma- Mama was a little bit of a deep cut there. Okay, yeah. all right. They put on, but do they, do they actually do the quiet riot though, and put on the mask? They don't put on the mask, but they have a guy who comes dressed up like Kevin DeBro and you know. Oh, okay, interesting. I didn't even know that was one of their things. Okay, so like, what's some of the? Just give me a quick synopsis of of uh, of that, if you wouldn't mind. 
if you think it's worth uh, it. Just or, a hairball? Uh, yeah, yeah like, sure. Good crowd. Yeah, I think know, about the same size crowd. It's about 10,000 people. You know, again, it's beautiful. It's right off of Lake Superior. The, the stage is set right behind it. One of the, uh, the tankers came in just as the show was starting. Um, yeah, they play two to three songs every artist at a time. So they opened up with Kiss. I can't remember. I don't remember the specific order after that, but like Twisted Sister, Motley Crue, ACDC, Prince, Queen. Um, okay. You know, so yeah. And, you know, I, the thing is, I've seen them about four times now. So I don't know if I'm seeing exactly the last same show or a mix it up. I think you're, you might get a little deeper when they do like uh, an anniversary show once a year. And that's when people like Stephen Piercy, Bruce Kulick, they'll fly in for it. And then, you know, like, you know, they'll do 80s era kiss. I, I'll tell you this we heard them sound check um, from atop the mountain up at uh, Inger Park. And they were playing deep cut kiss during sound check. They were I, I remember hearing um got to choose, but uh when they, they fired up on stage with uh, everything going live, it was Detroit Rock City. Oh god, I can't remember what the other two were. Rock and roll night. <laughs> yeah. Love that song, but if they play Got to Choose with that that set, that's gonna grind that crowd to the halt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody's gonna know. I'd be like, what the fuck? Because it's a slower song anyway. And especially you know? that crowd, because it's it's very no. broad based. I'll tell you this, one thing I noticed, I don't know if I noticed it last year. I don't I don't remember it anyway. The porta potty uh um what do you wanna Ooh. call it? Uh situation? Not, not situation, like oh. protocol. The porta porta potty protocol was pretty ridiculous here. Basically, now you've been in a line for a porta potty, and basically, my experience in, the, in most concerts is there's not a lot of chatter. People are focused mm-hmm. on getting to the porta potty and oh, getting yeah. out. Right. And what I saw was groups of people. I was to, I only went to use them twice. And both times I asked them, I, I pointed out to the person as I got close, hey, that one's ready. He's like, oh, I'm not going. Like you're just, <laughs> they're just, just there like with the, friends. I just like the zone. Yeah, and like I'd yeah. always get to the to the front, and then the very next person would actually have his back to the porta potties, holding court amongst his friends. So both times I'm like, I I, I see a door open, I'm going. I don't care. Uh, you're too busy fucking having. A, I mean, it's a porta potty, man. Get in, get out. But anyway, I thought that was a little weird. But yeah, it's families. It's it's all ages. You know. And, you know, and almost everybody's hammered, including the kids. You know, we're close to Wisconsin, so. Fourth, did you have a good one? I did. Yeah, we had. Uh, I dove for beer in our, in our local pool and everything. So uh, we had. A, I, we have. A, we have a picture that 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 uh, summarizes what 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 a bunch of white people like to do. <laughs> There's like just this big vat of water and grown men 
and woman uh, swimming out for beer. So at one part during the event, so they had they also had what you will enjoy. They had a, a event where there were relays where they because it's twenty five meter pool, more swimming uh, talk that people enjoy. They throw a watermelon out, and then you have to swim and keep pushing the watermelon forward and Ooh, then back. I thought you were going to say you can swim out and fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Guys got some seeds on them. I like the fact that the the, the schedule of events for this this uh, local neighborhood thing that you'd come in there and do some slight edits for the, for the relay and add some more rules. No oh, man, what kind of beer did you get? Uh, we swam out. There was Dale's Pale Ale out there. Yeah. Coors Banquet. Yeah, that one's terrible, actually. Yeah, that's it that, really that one. Is. It's really, really bad. That's that's what threw me off for IPAs for years. That's what you think an IPA is all the time. That's a fucking terrible beer. And it's worse than most IPAs, but that's not what I think of. No, I, I no, think of- I, I did for years. That's I stayed away from them. Anyway, that's actually a pale ale for those. Anyway, so so as uh, I got a shitload, I swam out myself. That's when I got to see on the video uh, how my moves were doing, hmm. and uh, got got the. Uh, uh, got like a six pack of Coors Light, so that's my HOA dues in action. That's nice of you to support the local brewers. So, sure, yeah, right in golden it says right there. It says the coveted beer. I sent you a picture. Coveted, Ooh. coveted. Yes. Oh, that, that was of Coors Banquet, not Light. Okay. No, I know. Still I know. the local. Uh, you, uh, whatever. Um, you'll hear it on playback. And I say this without my tongue anywhere near my cheek. Well, actually, it's near it, but it's not in it, man. It's not fucking in it. Mm. Uh, it is actually a pretty cool time to be a, a diehard Kiss fan right now. This glut of pretty decent quality to high quality video that we haven't seen from mostly the 70s stuff. But last night, just as I was going to bed, they dropped an asylum multicam thing. Whoa. That I've never, never seen before. This stuff that, that that I assume you know, sounds like that one surprised you, but the, but you've had to have seen this stuff that that everybody's been sharing. I've shared a couple of them, um, but they are in every Kiss group. They're just being blasted out there, and there's a lot of discussion as to as to where they're coming from. And I have some information on that I'd like to get into. Some of them started popping up in my Facebook feed that I was like, whatever. This is probably some you know version of whatever mm-hmm. has been out before, and. Well, some of them, it's like, what's the big deal? It's 75 Kobo Hall. I've seen that. And then it's like, no, you haven't. Oh, even that one? Even that one's different? Yep. Oh, but it's a different time they were there? That same I think year? it's a different show. It's definitely different okay. shots, a different footage. Okay. You know, some okay. of them are a full show. Some of them are less. So, yeah. So, so but the one that, that I was kind of intrigued on, um, 
that I saw was this black and white footage that said like rehearsal for mm-hmm. 76, like maybe the Alive 2 tour or Rock and Roll Over. I, I don't remember what it was, but it said 76 rehearsal footage. I'm like, okay, these are kind of cool. I remember seeing some of this stuff in like maybe uh, one of the Kiss Extremes or I forget which one, but it was like just a them practicing. I was like, oh, this is probably that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, and, I owned the one from the Destroyer rehearsals. It was supposedly Ace Frehley's new camera at the time. And, okay. And I thought maybe it was that, but it's not. No. Anyway. Okay. So this is something different too. The backstory apparently on this stuff, and this is uh, largely unconfirmed, but this is what I was able to find out. Basically, Kurt Gooch is a no a name uh, well known in in Kiss Collector world. I know he he put together that list of concerts called uh, uh, Kiss Alive Forever, um, and I know he had some involvement. With the Kissology series, I assume it was because he owned so much of this this archival footage and things of that nature. Oh, I did I, not know he was involved with that. I, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know that he was involved in the the finished product, but getting video, I think he played a role in. Got it. Um, I don't know. That's my understanding. Let's put it that way. Uh, the Gooch can clear that up if he wants to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, he's also been on a podcast where he talked about how, like, he he may, he said, well, if anybody's interested, if any chance you have eight millimeter film footage of Kiss during the seventies, I'm definitely interested. I don't care if there's sound or not, that kind of stuff. So he and, and that was a big thing because that he, like he said, his his comment was something along the lines of, if it's on VHS, it is what it is. But if it's eight millimeter, there's some restoration and digitizing we can do that can actually you know enhance it a little bit. Um, I don't know technically much about that stuff, but that was the, the pitch he was making. So not surprised to find out that, that Gooch was involved in this. Um, now, apparently, uh, a guy named Sam Loomis. So yes, Sam. It's Sam! He is the guy, basically, it's his page. Search Sam Loomis on YouTube. You'll find all these videos we're talking about here if you're a KISS fan. Sam Loomis. It's Sam! I don't know that that's a real name or not, it's but uh, it's the name we're going for. Supposedly, Sam Loomis bought a bunch of these videos. Basically, everything that's coming out now, he bought them from the Gooch with the promise that these are the only copies out there. That turned out not to be true, and that other people started getting these videos from uh, Gooch as well. And as a way to, mm, to, pay, okay. to pay back Gooch and also make them um, you know, less valuable, valuable to right. anybody else, this Sam Loomis is dumping all this shit out there. And it's basically started about a week apart, but now it's like basically once or twice a day. Um, yeah, I know Ross Radley was one of the guys apparently involved in this. That he ended up with some of this footage too, and that pissed off Sam. So Sam. Sam is basically just doing the, the the last thing he can, which is basically get this shit out there and make it so it's not worth anything to anybody. Now, uh, to 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 support this theory, uh, uh, because I don't know who to contact to confirm any of this stuff. I mean, Kurt Gooch is not going not gonna to give me anything. Um, and Sam Loomis, I think, is uh, a fake name, and Ross Radley's in hiding. I did see Kurt Gooch on uh, another podcast. It might have been Three Sides. So back when he was trying to sell that um, iVideo, the, the music video for i. Mm-hmm. And he flat out, more, he definitely more than implied. He basically said, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley will want to hang out with you because they want this. Like, you have a chance to start a relationship with Kiss by owning this. So he was trying to justify sell the, the, his asking price on eBay for it. So that does kind of sound like a guy who's a little, <laughs> not, not exactly above board, let's put it that way. Um, but you, mean, that, you mean for having the eye? 
Yeah, because yeah, they're going to okay. want to buy it from you, and therefore mm-hmm. you'll be able to kind of strike up. Maybe you make a deal. Maybe they do. They do something nice, and they're they're your buddies. You know, something like that. Wow. You know. So um, anyway, uh, God doesn't sound it like just, <laughs> it sounds like a typical Kiss fan turned businessman. <laughs> um, I got to tell you that, that, that again. You're, you're not. Who knew? There's. Well, here's here's a real question because you're a fan of the park guy. Is in the credits Sam's last name, the robot guy, Loomis? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to look that up. I didn't even think about that. That'd be awesome. Because if that is the truth, I think he's a listener of the show and was inspired to release everything from all the little Sam jokes. He's like, fuck it. It's Sam. I'm going to go undercover. Sam Loomis is my actual username because that's a deep cut, if anything, that that is that, that is that character's name. You need to look that up. Yeah, I'm doing it right now, and think about that too. If that if this turns out to be accurate, how like just right in the front of this, we were with our whole Sam jokes uh, leading yeah. up to Creatures Fest. So mm-hmm. um, exactly, I am Creatures Fest just acknowledge happened. This movie, <laughs> guarantee fucking T. Oh, I can't even speak. Guarantee that the person who goes by the username Sam Loomis was at Creatures Fest, and that also inspired the release of this material too. It's Sam. <laughs> Don't you think? Uh, according the to timing. According to uh, IMDb, his name is Sam. It's Sam. <laughs> just that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sam. that's IMDb. I think you should need to roll credits, bro. Go take a look. Yeah. I'll, I'm guessing the roll the credits aren't going to say anything different. It makes got, sense. It makes sense. Sam has a camera. This is all video. I'm saying it all connects the dots. Uh, all this uh, drama, which is fun to talk about aside, I don't give a shit. This is really cool stuff for someone like me. You know, um, yeah, hit it. Uh, give some quick reviews. Uh, the The first show was Largo seventy five, and and when this was shared, uh, my buddy Rob Kern was basically like, "Get this while before they take it down." And then he uh, he actually ended up downloading it and sending me a link. So I actually downloaded that one to my computer for fear that I'd never get to watch the whole thing. Um, sure. But yeah, you got that. You got a, a, a Cobo Hall in May 75, um, which is not the, the one of the, the two shows that have been out there. Um, you got the 76 rehearsals that you mentioned. Um, that's like a two-hour long thing. That's kind of fun. I haven't sat through the whole thing, though, but I watched a little bit. Uh, the Japan show from 77, so they're on the Rock and Roll Over Tour, and but they have the Alive 2 stage. I think that was where it was first used, um, gotcha. something like that. But this is really kind of interesting because you, you actually see the audience, and they are just sitting down. We've all heard stories like that, but that's a fun show. Um, and then Cobo uh, Hall 76, so now we're talking uh, Destroyer Tour, and this is a, a, a full show with encores. Um Oh, yeah, and that, that, that Japanese show is like an afternoon show, too. It's weird. Uh, Kiss Anaheim 76. And all sitting down, right? Yeah, and I think this that's, this that's Anaheim 76 is... Yeah, I already said the sitting down part. Um, the, the 76 Anaheim, I believe, has been out there in a different form. This is just a different angle. Um, I haven't watched Kiss Houston 76. I did watch... There's two uh, clips, three-minute clips of the Kiss Keishi Kite Festival. From I think God that's seventy four, um, and here's one that I didn't know was up here. Something called Kiss in New Jersey with sound. It looks like it's seventy five ish. Um, Gene Simmons doing an in store signing in nineteen seventy eight, uh, and then of course last night late. Uh, as a matter of fact, it says twelve hours ago this was posted. Kiss Asylum never before seen. Um, I watched almost all of that last night. Now it's 
the full show, but it's it's cut up, so you don't actually get one any of the songs full. And the audio, I can't tell. It it may not even be from this show, or but it, it doesn't always match up, and it's really poor quality audio. But visually, this thing delivers, and and there's there's a really, I mean, it's amazing. I always thought the stage was a lot bigger. Now I know they had uh, several versions of it, so maybe this is one of those deals. But it's a fairly uh, mundane stage. The Gene's hair is ridiculous. Um, Gene in general is ridiculous on this thing. But uh, it's also really cool to kind of like it, it puts some things in line that that I don't think a lot of bands in the '80s were doing that Kiss did. Like uh, when they got to the end of. Uh, Oh shit! I think it's uh, uh, rock and roll night where they do. Anyway, they were kind of doing that in the eighties. That's kind of a lot of the stuff they did in the seventies too, where they would extend certain things live that you would see that every time they played it live. Okay. Um, I don't know. That was just kind of neat. But uh, Paul looked and sounded great. Uh, I've seen Bruce Kulick play a fucking blue BC Rich Ironbird. I don't think I've ever seen that. Not only that, but uh, this probably doesn't mean a lot to you, but for the two guitar nerds listening, it was an Ironbird with the original three-on-three side BC Rich headstock. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen that either on an Ironbird. Anyway. Like I said, the only one I watched was rehearsal, and I, I swear that this is probably where they got possibly one of the, some of the professional footage for the like the love them leave them video oh i think like. that's you can confirm that i mean wasn't there oh, can you okay i think well fuck i don't know i'm not sure it's the same it kind of looks like it's like not not the full i think alive two set but it's it's cool because they actually had the bombs going off and like it's a full like dress rehearsal of what the uh the show should be and they, they run through things a couple times and there's mm-hmm. some there's some songs they don't play like they play hard like woman during it during the rehearsal too mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. uh Unusual. Anyway, it's very interesting to watch, and the quali- the actual sound quality on that one, I I can say, is pretty good. So I would definitely check out. out that Largo seventy five show. It uh, that was pretty bonerific um, for for Kiss fans. So I guess the thing that amazes me in, in, in about all this is why this was held on to and how it got lost between the management and stuff like that. Like we only got just a tiny taste with Cassology, but the fact that this stuff actually exists and could have been used so many times earlier. I mean, do you think that there was, was any plan here or, or do you think there's any strategy to this at all? Is it this old school thing of, if you see it, then you won't go pay to see it live. Maybe that old school kind of idea of, we need to keep the mystery. You know I, I, mean? I think it's coming out now has, because like yeah. a guy was hoping to make money on it at some point and then found yeah. out that other people had it. Um, God, I know um, uh, Mankini got caught up in one of these deals, too, where him and a, a couple other guys bought some recording from Rock and Roll Over. I don't know if it was demos or something. Um, and they were all going to just squat on it and share it. Yeah, but they financially invested it. And then one of the people that, that was involved for, I don't know, somebody got pissed off and they threw it up on YouTube and said, fuck you guys. <laughs> um, so I mean, are these all just you think like the local place that did a recording? Or I know some of them. That's the, the case. I don't know. I yeah. don't know any. There's so much of this stuff. How all this stuff? I, I'm telling you right now that the reason the stuff's available out there is because Kiss is cheap, and they probably weren't willing to pay anything to to, to purchase these and then resell them. Right now, Kiss doesn't think uh, any actual product is worth doing. You know what I mean? Unless it's like a fucking Hello Kitty lunchbox. Basically, you know, they'll they'll take money, but they won't pay money, and they won't invest into a product or anything like that. Right. The one time they did it was Cosology, and that was a one timer, pretty much. Like we're going to try doing this. Yeah, and I yeah. think they they probably stuck with shit they owned. You know, for right. the most part. You know, right. that, 
because um, that, that's why all that stuff was shit that was already out there. You know what I mean? It's yep. just so. Okay. Well, cool. Thanks, Sam. It's Sam. Yep. Thanks, buddy. to Eddie Trunk, uh, the hold up right now is Dave. Um, I uh, I didn't care enough to dig into it more because I didn't think Eddie was going to elaborate more. But uh, that that's Eddie Trunk said that on on his show on Sirius XM. So okay, good to know. Uh, and another piece came out on Rolling Stone. A former Rolling Stone website editor named Blair Fisher wrote this piece that detailed uh, a very odd way he ended up befriending Eddie Van Halen in the years prior to his death, starting in 2015. Um, and so the article just came out. It's Like I said, if you search Rolling Stone, it, it's out there. They're, they're, if you're a big Van Halen fan, it's a lengthy read, and it's it's pretty well written and gives you some stuff. But there are some takeaways that I thought I'd share. I, I'm assuming you haven't read it. Nope. Okay. 
Well, uh, and it should be noted that anybody that was reached out for comment on this article declined, and that's Michael Anthony, David LaRoth, Sammy Hagar, Wolfgang, and anybody representing Lee. Van Halen. So, uh, And that is pointed out in here. So the, the nuts and bolts of this is this guy was no, was working in a fairly boring job, and uh, he would shoot emails off and he, and to, to people to see if they would get back to him, like famous people, things of that nature. He, he, would, he has moved on from... Uh- he had moved on. Oh, you God damn it. it. <laughs> Flip lop off. <laughs> Just keep going. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> All right, there we go. Uh, <laughs> so this guy has actually, you know, years past being the website editor for Rolling Stone, he's now doing some kind of, I don't know, corporate gig where he just crunches numbers or something like that. Uh, he, he gets into it in the, in the article. It's just not Im- that important. But he came across an e- email for Eddie Van Halen, but it was much to the Bruce Kulik kind of thing, an AOL email. And he's like, there's no yes. way this is Eddie Van Halen. So he he figures, well, let's let's find out. So he shoots off an email, and the email just says, how's Michael Anthony doing? Now, in 2015, you understand the ramifications of that. Right. And apparently, he gets back pretty quick. He goes, not nearly as good as Wolf Van, Van Halen, nor will he ever be. Who the fuck is this? You don't know <laughs> that you would know that if you had a brain and ears. Wow. All right. Okay. So now, still not sure he's not being catfished. Uh uh, he hits him back. He says, well, regardless, you screwed up the classic lineup. And with all due respect to your son, with DLR's voice in the shitter, you need Anthony more now than ever. And how about some new music you didn't write in 1975? You are super lazy. So this is... <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's going right for the jugular. Yeah. So, and again, now he breaks it down, but his whole point here is like he wants to determine how real this person is. You know what I mean? Is this you, by the way, writing these emails? Yeah, I wish, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Eddie replies, he can't control Ross' voice, and he. But, but now you think Mike is a lead singer? He sounds like Mickey Mouse. He just has a high voice. <laughs> he goes on to blame Roth for leaving the band in 85, and he regrets the decision to bring in Hagger to replace him. Once Hagger joined, it was never the same. That's Hager. the last thing I'm going to say on that. When Hagger quit, Mike went with him instead of staying with Alex and me, and that was as much a betrayal as Roth blinded and citing us when he quit. We didn't see that one coming either. All we had was ourselves, Alex and myself. Wolf happened to be there, and it was fun again. I can't control anything more than you can. If I could, I would change a lot of things, starting with never having my first drink and maybe sticking to piano instead of guitar. Wow. Couple things there, a lot to unpack in that that response, right? Now the guy's pretty convinced he's actually talking to to Eddie. Now you you could still catfish him if you know enough about Eddie, but this is uh, it, suffice it to say it it gets confirmed to the point where he actually gets invited to a show and meets Eddie. Uh, really? Yeah. So the, we 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 know that that it isn't somebody pretending to be him. I'm gonna uh, hit back at at Eddie, even though he's no longer with us. Um, the bullshit that Alex or Michael Anthony left the band with Sammy. He stuck around. He was on the next record. And if I don't know, I just I, I'm getting kind of tired of the the overemphasis on defending Michael Anthony that seems to be out there as if he's some kind of sacred cow. But I will defend him on this. No, you, you hung in there. I, I think you made things difficult for him. So I'd like to add something to that, too, and that I've done some reading on my own and I just hmm. finished uh the what I should highly recommend if you want kind of a kiss and sell view version of Van Halen, yeah. you have uh, 
pretty much zero to do with the music, but everything to do with the back end of everything is the Running with the Devil by Noel uh, Monk, uh, who is their manager from 78 to 85, where I just finished the book. Hmm. And anyway, so it's, uh, it came out a couple years ago. And it was so good that I was inspired to reach out to him and realize he just died this year. And he lived in Colorado Springs. <laughs> so because I kept saying this author's in Colorado. I'm like, this is fucking great. This is the kind of stuff I love because Kiss and Sell is my favorite book on there. Anyway, so it went to this part about this I, that I did not understand about it. So two things about my one thing about Mike Anthony, I just add and the, the DLR in it says that in 1984, all the way back in 84, and you can you can tell me if you're like, yeah, that's common knowledge. I thought it was much later. That is when they had Michael Anthony sign away all of his royalties from from that point forward. And then he stuck with the band. He became a paying member, an employee of, of Van Halen. As of 1984, they said, fuck it. You're, you're done with getting any more royalties from that. I have heard Michael Anthony say the opposite. Uh, he claimed it was um, when they did the last tour with Sammy. They brought him back in, and right. and 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 that was a that's in Sammy's book. And I've heard Michael Anthony say the same thing that like he said, "Fuck it, this is the only way." A last hurrah, I guess. So I am shocked too. Uh, if it happened that far back, then I don't know why they're lying about it, but. It was a it was a five thing. The, the manager was twenty percent, and the other um, four were were twenty percent. You know of the of the pie. That's that's how it's a pretty big cut for t- a manager. Exactly, and then they 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 got rid of him. And then the other part, I'll just say, say too about the the, le- the the leaving is they said that on a plane that David Lee Roth had demos of him singing California Girls, and he played it for the other guys and said, isn't this great? I'm going to be putting out my own thing and thinking that they, everybody would be cool with that. Yeah. That I didn't understand either, the fact that he's like, yeah, I'm just going to be a solo artist and still be in the band. Did you know that? Um, not not specifically. No, that's not that surprising, though. Okay. Cause it's I a revelation, it, like, but uh, not not shocking. Okay, this is like crazy with the, with the heat or whatever. He's just he grabbed ten temples. He's like, is this, is this cool, guys? I'm just doing this thing. Isn't that good? We can still tour, right? <laughs> I I find that amazing. That that's how big that David Lee Ross. <laughs> like, hey, it's all right, right? Well, maybe no some problem. of Ed's comments uh, in the rest of this article will will cement the, that belief. Okay. There. Uh, um, so here are just a handful more takeaways. Uh, he's, he claims he started, uh, and these are all broken down in the article. I'm just kind of picking highlights here from this point on. Uh, he started smoking and drinking heavily early in his career as a way to treat performance anxiety. That's uh, not exactly the most unique thing. Um, the reason it took so long for a different kind of truth is Roth was basically the holdup on a lot of stuff, including all the rehash demos. Um, and he said that Roth is also the reason the band hadn't done anything at this point. I think it was 2018. So, uh, but a live record, and for th- and to show for three years of downtime. Um, he said Roth only wants to be on stage doing his vaudeville shtick. He's not interested in rock and roll. Hates ACDC, and calls the band's fans culturally illiterate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, he said if people only knew the truth, they wouldn't believe some of the shit that goes on and what we put up with. Probably not much longer, though. I'm too old for this shit. I really wish things were different, but they're not. That's kind of a telling comment, I think. Um, uh, to that that point, they actually become kind of friends and they kind of go back and forth a little bit. Again, an interesting read if you want to get into this. But um, one of the other, another interesting takeaway was that he when he did actually meet uh, Eddie on the, the I think it was the last tour they did. 
Um, uh, it, the brothers at that point had no communication with Roth off stage at all. Um, and I think it's kind of unique to hear that, like, you just don't hear the, for obvious reasons, band members call out, you know, like, why, I get why Nikki Six isn't admitting that Vince can't sing. Okay. I, I understand that. But apparently in these exchanges, Eddie does. Uh, he was well aware of how Bath Roth sounded. Uh, he ruled out asking Hagger back largely because Michael Anthony would be part of the package. And he said he didn't think he could play with him after Wolf. Anyway, uh, this is the author's words. The hostility Ed has for Hagger is arguably more dug in than it is for Roth and, and, and totally different. When it comes to Roth, Eddie's rants are about his abysmal singing and rock, rock star egomania. While with Hagger, it seems to boil down to claims of greed uh, and he like saying that he uses the band uh, to sell tequila and his relentless drive for publicity. As Ed saw it, Hagger just can't open his mouth without saying Van Halen. A little bit of truth there. Even when Hagger had just formed his own band, Chickenfoot, instead of talking about his new band, all he did was talk about how much better they were than Van Halen. <laughs> so... I don't know. So a lot, a lot of stuff. There's, there's much more in this thing. I do encourage people who are fans to, to, uh, to, to do it. He did also. You know what? I, I should mention. Um, he, like, he, this guy knew about. Like Eddie was uh, diagnosed with stage three lung cancer as far back as August 2017, and that was the, the, the what led him up to his unti- his death eventually. Um, was the treatments and the ongoing things with that? Uh, he just never really got recovered and in the meantime Roth is out in the media kind of dropping hints that Eddie might be sick and all he's saying and, and Eddie gets blindsided by this stuff so if Eddie's telling the truth and these these things are accurate you know th- th- that had to be a little bit difficult too to have someone like Roth out there basically saying I'm the face of Van Halen I don't think Eddie can answer the bell you know that kind of stuff um, you know while he's also going through cancer treatment that's that's a little shitty especially if Roth knew which sounds like he did right I'm definitely going to check this out I think that maybe we should consider doing an audiobook version of this article, mm. you and I, and just just for for you just saying David LaRoth and and Hagger. Hmm. What do you what do you think? Hagger the horrible. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's a, that's I a very Andy listen. Shaw level joke right there. Hagger the. Thank you. No, that's no, the I, problem? Was, I was it was my joke. What what was your joke? Hagger the horrible. Yeah. Just good regurgitating something related to the one word you said. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, oh, he also confirms the kitchen sink tour, you know, that, uh, which I think that we could have taken, you know, Wolfie at his word too. It's not like Wolf's out there lying about this shit, but yeah, the, basically Ed was on board for once he got healthy to do a tour with everybody. Wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. And at the end, it kind of portrays the last days of Ed. So it gets a little thick at the, you know. At the, at the end of it. But uh, anyway, yeah, so Rolling Stone, Eddie Van Halen, you type those two words into Google, you'll probably get it. It's a pretty pretty big article. I just I just think that the, the telling thing is, too, is that uh, thanks to Bruce and Eddie, AOL.com still exists. <laughs> well, now it's Bruce's... Uh, uh, Bruce is holding it himself Waving now. the flag, much like he does the, the flag for 80s kids. Yeah. <laughs>
There's a lot of really interesting stuff going on with live performances right now. Uh, and, and, you know, the weird thing is that, like, with COVID, certain precautions had to be made the last year, and they're, they're starting to ease up, but there were things are still a little different. But one that I was not ready for, and one that I actually, when I first heard about it, came from, and Tracy Guns is a guy who will have a joke now and then, so I didn't believe this. I thought he was just fucking with people, but he basically posted on his Instagram page. Uh, we have a unique situation. A lot of people I know have a panic disorder. While I have it 95% under control, heat is the remaining trigger. So he's down to where only heat makes him panic. And he simply cannot play in the heat, which we'll get back to that. Huh. But he found a solution. They set him up in a toilet, off stage, air conditioned, and he was going to do the whole show <laughs> with a live Instagram video of him playing in the toilet while the band was on stage. <laughs> this is incredible. Uh, it turned out it was not a joke. Uh, this actually happened, and uh, there is video. First off, this was the Sonic Slam tour, which uh, sounds like something you'd have at Sonic. I found uh, out about that first. from my AARP app. Yes, exactly. ARP Sonic Slam tour that has Tom Kiefer. It's got LA Guns. It's got Faster Pussycat. So that's the lineup. And again, this is the LA Guns with, as we just heard, Tracy and Phil. So you're getting the real <coughs> ish version of, of LA Guns, okay? And everything. And you're so you so, so imagine you, you've you've you spent your hard earned money and everything like that, and you get there and you're like, yeah. And what if you're somebody like me who has somehow have you ever seen them together? Or yes. Not? Yeah. Okay, I've always I've only seen them once, and that was just the Phil and whoever else was that version before. So I've never been, and this tour I wanted to see. Okay, they're not coming to Colorado, but anyway. So imagine you get there and everything, and you're seeing what we just told you. You've never seen them before, and this is why. Also, at the same time, this is the greatest music genre. Every once in a while, I'm like, why do I love this music? Why? <laughs> why? Because you don't get this. And this is a quote from Joey Haney. This is one of his comments. You don't get this with the Lumineers. <laughs> You don't get this with Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons ain't playing from the bathroom because of some heat trigger. They're not doing uh, meet and greets in bathrobes either. No. And that was what (laughs) I was saying. There you go. The only thing that could have made this better is if he was wearing a robe in that bath in there, too. But of course, it's heat is a trigger. So we're going to hit a few things. I'm not sure if you want to if you want to jump in here right here. But uh, but first off, there's a couple things that just are pure gold for me. First. Panic attacks, stuff like that. Not making fun of that. You know me. I had I, I was getting pretty nervous at the rock and pod, stuff like that, before doing the we talked about this with going yeah. with Rear and Keel. It happens. You know, it happens right there. It, these things are real. But here's the thing. There are ways to avoid this if heat is your trigger. First, your fucking band name is LA Guns. You're from places where it's hot, okay? If you are if that is a trigger, don't go on a summer tour. And if you do. Do little uh, clubs at night with air conditioning. Don't mm-hmm. play in any outdoor gigs because and I don't care where you are in the, U- in the United States during this time of the year. It's probably going to get 95 or higher. So your trigger is right there. Yes. Yeah. How is this the only show? I mean, come on. Yeah. It gets hot in a club. There's no yeah. way he hasn't played in the heat before. No. That, like, so, so I'm not sure what's going on there exactly. Uh, but... But so he's he's playing. Here's how I would have it acceptable. Have at least the the have an air conditioned porta potty or one of those things from like Spinal Tap on stage with AC around it, or do like Dana Strum does, like I told you years ago, and have a guy with an umbrella and like a fan r- running around mm-hmm. with you on the stage. They did that. He had they had the <clears throat> the budget for for a roadie to do that with his little shade. I mean, that was fucking amazing to me. 
Like that's next level. That's like rock, like super rock star having a little guy with an umbrella, a parasol, parasol roadie. Now I'm, I'm going to just, so we don't get too far away from your comment. I do want to point out that, um, I have no sympathy, even if you're a young first time fan, um, that if like, this is finally my chance to see a LA guns version ish, you know what I mean? Come on. All right. You know, first of all, I didn't get to see like the Beatles because I wasn't born. So I, it's just there's certain realities to life. But if you've been a fan as long as we have and this is your first real chance to see him, well, odds are you've passed up a lot of other chances to catch it before this. Um, so it while maybe not the best thing, and I'm not saying you need to celebrate this like maybe I would, I would actually I want this now. I want him to play from the bathroom, but I want that put on the video. <laughs> but here's the other thing. He sat on the toilet the whole time. I want him to take his pants off, and I want him to fucking drop one while he's doing put Put a grumpy in that toilet while you're yeah. fucking ripping up the solo for Rip and Tear. You know what I mean? That's what I want. I like that. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine hearing a flush during during the during just the the pause and no, sex action. No, don't flush. You fucking save oh. that and you sell that fucker. Okay. Yeah, this is well, uh, it's not... this is the Tracy turd from uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, twenty twenty two. So you want the rest of the tour him to do this? Yeah, yeah? I, I think he absolutely has to. There's otherwise he's a fraud. Well, maybe. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's that's true. Or. Maybe uh, what if other other people have different kind of triggers? Where where are other places the other band members could maybe every time you don't know who's going to be in the actual bathroom would that be kind of a revolving thing? Vince Neil like Vince Neil can't perform anywhere within walking distance of a Chipotle. <laughs> True, it is a law. That's right. It's in the rider. That's 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 his trigger. Yes, he he's got a, he's got a roll for twenty minutes. Is that a Chipotle? The show. <laughs> if it's you know, it has to be within a if it's in, within a walking distance. Well, nothing's a walking distance for him. But but uh, okay, he's got uh, a little scootery runs backstage, hops on <laughs> a little golf cart. Yeah, I'm not sure if you know know about this too, but they just Tracy and Phil just announced as well that they're doing a side pro- project called Kenny Laguns, which we're, they're just playing. They're just playing rocked out sound uh, songs. Songs of uh, uh, planes and, uh, and and golf, possibly possibly some illegal dancing movies too. Oh God! That's for you, Aaron Camaro. Kenny Laguns. Kenny Laguns. They've heard some deep tracks. That might you might get some Iron Eagle and some Caddyshack two tunes as well. And when did uh, bad puns become synonymous with dad jokes? Because- I'm not sure. But hey, man, that's Aaron Camaros. He's been dropping Kenny Laguns the last couple decibel geeks. I fucking love it. <laughs> Kenny Laguns. Amazing. My favorite pun of t- t- 2022. Yeah, and, and I'm not shooting down puns or dad jokes, but to me, dad jokes are like if you're wearing camouflage and the dad goes, oh, I can't see you. That's a that's a dad joke.
Oh my God. Let me. <laughs> I, I want to mention one thing going with Kenny Laguns is okay. I just watched Top Gun yesterday for the first time in like 30 years. Still not a good movie, people. I'm just letting you know that because I've been hearing all this hype about Maverick and seeing it and, and, and all that stuff like that. And I'll tell you this, too. Tom Cruise, I'm not sure he's rocking a unibrow for that entire movie. They do so many close ups of him in the, the helmet. It's, 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 he just needs to wax. How did he not have that? Just it's against you know. his uh, Scientology faith. I will tell you, you know your sexuality immediately during that volleyball scene again. So, so hot. Yeah, I never seen it. So, you still haven't seen it. Okay, all right. That's yeah, your like, Titanic at this point. As well. I'm going to go. You know what? I should probably check out Top Gun. Man, I, I know I, the key just, points. There's a guy named Goose. There's Maverick. Some somebody dies. Val Kilmer's there. There's a kind of homoerotic volleyball scene. Kelly yeah, McGillis got it. is in her small window. And it's it's just one of those paint-by-number cliche action movies. Sometimes they're done well. And, you know, sometimes they have Tom Cruise in it. And I was never a Tom Cruise fan, so whatever. Yeah. Can I just tell you what the working title of that movie was? Yeah, go for it. Date Rape with Jets. Date Rape with Jazz. Date, date, no, Date Rape with Jets. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and isn't there like some sing-along where everybody conveniently knows every word to some kind of like old-ass song that is definitely out of all their time? You've lost that love and feeling. (laughs) What are the odds that they they try to recreate something like that in in Top Gun whatever, too? 100%. But I was just like, man... Kenny Laguns during the during the eighties fucking owning that shit. <laughs> Family Guy has my favorite uh, Kenny Loggins bit. Hi, I'm Kenny Loggins, and I'm still very interested in eighties references. Every time Family Guy plays one of my songs, I get a new hot tub from my Colorado deck. And he's in a hot tub, and they zoom out even further, and he's just surrounded by hot tubs with a helicopter dropping a new one down. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. He's the man. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, report back after you see Top Gun. Look forward for that. Look look for that then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The biggest movie out there this year, Maverick. Show me the money! All right, let's wrap it up with uh, Stadium. There's all these little bits and pieces to get into here. They're fun. Get back to my show prep here. I hope everybody's enjoying a... Extra large, supersized version of Cobras and Fire. Listen, we haven't seen each other for a little bit. Trials and tribulations. So we hope <laughs> hope hope you're enjoying all the updates from the same damn bands we've been talking about for two months. <laughs> because they give us so much material. Again, the greatest genre in the world. Why do I like this music? Because of this. I'm gonna give uh give you and me just a little bit of crap um for our take on the stadium tour. It almost, especially when you go back, at times it felt like we were almost rooting against it happening. Um, uh, And I don't know why, because we basically have our summer material set. It seems like every week there is just something new, something silly, something stupid. And there is a glut to get into that has happened since the last time we talked to. So where we left it off, basically Tommy was playing three to five songs a night until his ribs healed. Um, And uh, so... We we found out how his ribs broke since then. Um, 
all these these, these things. And, and and the latest thing, I'm just going to start start off with, uh, and I'm going to give Vince a little benefit. I don't want to get into this too much because I think it is just blown out of proportion because of slow news. Vince uses a teleprompter on stage. I just assumed he did, honestly. Yeah. I assume every one of these artists are probably using it. It is just so passe. I do not agree with Stephen Michael's hot take like, I don't remember what I had for breakfast, and you're expecting this guy to remember the lyrics. I'm like, well, if you had the same breakfast for the last 35 years, I bet you would remember what you had for breakfast this morning, Stephen. So, yeah, I do expect somebody who sings only these songs all the time, 50 to 100 times a year for the last 30 years, should remember these words. But he's hardly the only one. Okay? Fucking everybody's using the damn things. Okay? So I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, Tommy Lee is even using a teleprompter during his little speeches (laughs) about his ribs. That's all teleprompter. Oh God! Hey, should we get into that? Should we the, actually the, teleprompter just says "fuck" yeah, <laughs> over and over again? It's just a bunch of like it, it but it, it like you know does that thing with the the, Dots. the stars and the the, the signs symbols. But yeah, uh, sure. uh, let's get into the because his wife ex- <laughs> told him told the world she, you know, in a typical wife manner. It's like, oh, what's the big deal? Let's just tell him this is how he broke his ribs. Everyone keeps asking how Tommy broke his ribs, so I'm just gonna tell you. We were staying at a like old rental house in Nashville. It was a cool, like old quirky house, but the stairs outside were made out of stones and they were really uneven and the roots were pushing them up from a tree and everything was fine. I actually fell up the stairs a few times getting groceries, but whatever. Bananas. Um, so the day that we were leaving Nashville, our driver came and we had all this luggage and he wasn't helping us. He just stayed in the car. And so Tommy was trying to carry all of our luggage for us. And he fell down these crazy stairs and broke, broke four ribs, not fractured, not bruised, broke. And it was crazy because I came out and he like couldn't breathe. It was really scary. He was on the ground and he like was gasping for air. And he got on a plane that day still and went and did the rest of rehearsals in Pennsylvania and went to the hospital and they were like, sorry, I cut off. Um, to the hospital in Pennsylvania when we landed and they were like, you have four broken ribs. Um, and they wanted to keep him there, but he did not want to stay. And he's just a fighter. He's the toughest guy I know. I mean, look at all his tattoos. He just really fights through the pain. Anyway, uh, that's how it happened. This is such a he might as well join the show now. Um, Tommy broke his ribs, slipping, walking downstairs. Uh, <laughs> right? I mean, how I broke my wrist, how you broke first, your what was it, your ankle? That's how I broke my left ankle. Left yeah. Th- yeah. So yeah, Tommy, welcome to the program. Um, you've been a <laughs> you've been a, a mascot for a while, and now you're a full fledged member. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. Name my name right. is Baco, and as always, I'm joined with LC, and for the first time, Tommy Lee doesn't suck. Thanks for having me, guys. That's right. Thanks, man. All right. Yeah, bro. We, we know that. We know that if we we're superheroes, our nemesis is stairs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, and you know what? It, it's it's all. It make a horrible movie, but just put a Marvel logo on it, and people will come. It doesn't suck. <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. As long as the stairs are kryptonite as well. Yeah. No, yeah, no, it's, no it's, that's it's, DC. Like, DC is hit and miss. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sure. Marvel. Marvel. Hundred percent win every time. Yeah, pretty that's much, great. man. <laughs> Doctor yeah. Strange? No one fucking read that comic. Yeah, 
I've been told that that's supposed to be great, though. Oh, it's Sam, Sam Raimi. Fucking should be an Oscar, man. Black yeah, Panther, should be, should, fuck. 100%. God, yeah. I love these comic book movies. What are comic books? As, as far as the, the stairs go, how... I, I can't imagine being Tommy waking up and being like, what the fuck? Why did you tell people about the stairs? <laughs> if I wanted them to know about the stairs, I would have said it from the stage. It's supposed to be mysterious. What are you doing? I mean, I would be like, what are you? Are you fucking bananas? This is... Bananas! I can't believe the fact that she put that out there. That's know, like that's the amazing. biggest, like, like, uh, honey, honey. What are you doing, embarrassing me in front of my boys? Right? Yeah, it's like you know Tom Brady's wife, you know, clapping back at somebody. You don't know how hard he works. You know, don't say anything. Yes, please. Uh, like I said, it was I a mean, classic wife moment, though. I mean, honestly, it's just like we've all kind of been there. It's just like, yep. You're exposing way too much. Just, just don't it's say exposing, anything. But the whole thing is, I'm just, I'm just imagining like Tommy, like super mad because that day he didn't have a driver because it says basically he had to take a bunch of. Uh, they're in an Airbnb, and he's got a bunch of luggage, and he's like taking it down. Like, God damn, I gotta take this shit down myself. You know, I imagine him. And like she a blames like the driver too for not coming yeah. to get him. It's just, uh, yeah, exactly. This, this lazy ass Uber guy wouldn't come come and grab our luggage. I'm like, that's not what Uber drivers do. They stay in their car. Well, she didn't say st- Uber. She said they had a whatever. driver. Yeah. So whatever. Point being is, I just imagine he, Tommy Lee like falling, and you just hear like that comical like. <laughs> Falling all the way down, 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 uh, or like the, uh, the she kind of describes it as like the end of the Exorcist too. There's a long, some long stone mm. stairs going down, but uh, yeah, man, it's easy. Things break. Yeah. You got to be careful. The with older that, you with get, that yeah, he's, like, he's pushing sixty, man. You should, here's the moral of the story. Tommy should have taken two trips. Yep, <laughs> should have tried to do it all at once. Oh God, you know that was part of it too. Mm-hmm. I, I will tell you this. Now it, it was reported by several sites. I didn't believe it because it just seemed too cute and clever. But I was yeah. kind of rooting for it that that actually Tommy broke his ribs getting into a fight with Vince after calling him Vince Meal. <laughs> that was a good one too. <laughs> uh, you pretty much knew there was nothing there, but I know. But I started to almost believe it when I saw a second site report it, and then yeah. a, a Motley Crew went out with like a "Here's a picture of us backstage. Everybody's getting along better than ever." Almost in retaliation to this mm-hmm. coming out, but uh, I, at the same time, I'm. I'm I'm kind of, I'm actually kind of happy that Mrs. Lee came out and oh Tommy it's no big deal you just fell down the steps you're an old man yeah. you should, you were carrying too much that's right um and uh, did you happen to see one of the shows that Tommy set up by the way I think he's back playing full time now um mm-hmm. I think he's done at least a couple shows if 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 so I, I, he's probably behind the kit for our everything now so uh, good to have you back uh, T Bone um but uh tommy was uh for his second because he ran out of things to say to the audience you know sure so yeah. when he came out and did his little i can't play anymore he tossed ribs into the audience like had yes some, i did see that um i so like that that was kind of nice and he also credited yeah. john travolta with some fucking i don't know scientology healing thing so oh good helped him with that his ribs uh makes sense completely okay <laughs> it does yes because uh they're, so basically if you pay more money then your ribs will heal. That's kind of the, uh, th- the stage there. Is that that's what Scientology is? I think getting to that next level. Yeah, yeah squeezing ribs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he went. He, there's a picture of uh, Tommy kissing the side of Travolta's bald head, saying, "Good to see you, John. Thanks for the energy movement on the ribs and coming to tonight's show." So uh, that's uh, 
don't know, that sounds like some kind of tacit endorsement of Scientology hearing, healing. There's this coffee shop that happens to be inside of a, a church, like it shares it with the front part of it. And there's a guy really? that's working there. Yeah. It's called, it's called Rise Coffee. Okay. Mm. Rise, like rise up. And anyway, it's near where I work. So I go in there and the guy that worked there, he's a little quirky. And, and I just went up there and got my coffee. And was, he's like, hey, is there something wrong with your, uh, are you in pain or anything like that? And I go, ah, it's just a little, a little tight and everything like that. And he's like, hey, if, you, if you'd like, uh, I'm actually pretty good at healing. I'm like, boy. is this guy going to jerk me off in the bathroom or something like that? Like, maybe feel better. But he actually was going to donate his, like, mystical powers mm. to, to heal. I was his like, energies. Fuck. Yeah, his energies and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, just give me the coffee. I, this is a, getting quite weird. I haven't been back. No, I was going to say, back. I would not be going back. <laughs> no. Like that. So that's that's when you're with, if the guy behind the cat, yeah, just don't go too far, people. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I decided no, no, we'll just keep moving on here. Uh, but another uh, kind of illness popped up uh, with one of the other bands. Brett Michaels missed a show, and uh, I, have they actually said what it was yet? And you know, there was all sorts of rumors: COVID. He's hospitalized. He's not hospitalized. All this stuff. But uh, at least one show, and I think they they played a shorter set the first time he played back. But um, yeah, they, they they had to cancel one of their appearances. I think it was in Nashville, actually. Uh, uh, a lot of our homies are located around there. Probably all excited to go to the stadium tour. I, I don't know what it is, but I know that that uh, that he did. Do you know what it is? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I do know. Uh, I did do watch... with hair. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, bandanas. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I can see that. But Put I did his bandana see some of those... on too tight. One size fits all. Sure. Apparently not. Um, but I. Th- think i yeah that's what it was i saw like the second or third one when you you encouraged me the whole thing about like seeing the fact that poison is blowing people off the stage mm-hmm. so i said all right i'll take a look at one of these things because i wanted to hear the eruption and stuff like that <laughs> so i watched the first three songs and i'm like wow you are on if this you are in such autopilot you're doing this speech in the wrong part and this is 100 factual but at the third song Brent does a speech where he goes, man, I'm having such a great time with you tonight. I don't care what the fines are. We're going to keep playing. I don't care what the penalties are. Like that. He's like, we are playing all night. Are you willing to keep going? I'm like, this is supposed to happen like when you're headlining and when it's like 11 o'clock. He was using that speech. I'm like, wow. Anyway. Yeah, that's that's his three songs in and three songs from the end of the night speech. (laughs) Yeah. What happened yeah. all night, Brett? I thought you and, and you coming out and party with us. You said you would. 
Is that, yeah, but uh, I was like, that's amazing. You want us to keep playing? Like, it's the fucking third song. Yes, we want you to keep playing. Or maybe not. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and uh, how about we quick do a, a quick ticket update? Uh, I haven't looked today, but as of uh, last weekend, uh, I checked two shows. The, Are they coming to I, yet? I, I think at the time, I can't remember what city was in, but I looked for what was the, the t- ticket asking price for the next upcoming show. And then, of course, I looked at my own show, Minneapolis. For the next upcoming show, I found two tickets for $35. And for the Minneapolis show, I found two for $20. Uh, uh, that's it per ticket. Now, these are not good seats. These are get-you-in-the-door seats, but still, prices are, are dropping. After that, it was into the 80 to 100 range, but still less than than what it was. So, I don't know. What about you? Mine, uh, again, every single ticket is unavailable direct, you know, from the thing. It's all verified resale. Oh, yeah. These are, I'm um, going strictly on uh, Ticket King and StubHub. Yeah. Well, even if you go to Ticketmaster, it's the verified reseller ones, too. Anyway, um, so the cheapest ticket about, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago was 200 no joke, all the way to the top of, of Coors Field. And the uh, now it's down to a, a nice 150 hmm, for the okay. shittiest seats. But they are dropping. But that, for some reason, ours is the thickest that let's, I've seen. Let's see what I get if I pull it up right now. So tonight, on August 14th, they have tickets from one from from thirty six dollars at U.S. Bank Stadium. Got it. Um, but after and then uh, July fourteenth, which is just coming up here in Cleveland, you got them from twenty five. July seventeenth, this is uh, in Milwaukee from sixty dollars forty three and up at Kansas City. Um, and these are the low end. Some of these aren't aren't as low. Uh, Orchard Park, New York, uh, has them from twenty nine dollars. See that's I don't know what it is. Indianapolis here. starts at twenty four. So, so some, my theory is that somebody was uh, in twenty twenty before the everything shut down. This is their was their retirement plan. They've been holding these fuckers for that long, and then you know they're trying to cash in. That was a horrible so, retirement plan idea. I I hundred percent agree, but that, but that's just the this particular venue. That's like keeping not, your copy of Thriller sealed for 40 years, hoping it's going to be worth a lot. Bananas. Right. And here, like this would make sense for fish, for leftover salmon, for it, the, the crazy cheese incident or whatever they call them. That's the big bands around here. It ain't this. So hmm. hippies is what I'm saying. I get you. Granola, uh, homeless people with dogs. Yeah, uh, just look at Red Rocks. It's basically all those bands that play three or four nights. That's where you, you hold those tickets. And do not tell those people that Britney Spears has played Red Rocks. It'll uh, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll cause an incident. No. A string, no cheese, a string cheese incident. Widespread widespread panic. Those are the, those are the jams here. Anyway, uh, but... Uh, no, a lot of, no, my point there was a lot of those guys. They actually think that Red Rocks was built for uh, jam bands, and they they would never have any corporate act out there. Yeah, never. No, there's there's tons of corporate acts that go up there. I'm aware. Britain. It's all corporate, bro. <laughs> no, there's that too. But uh, it's not all Trey Anastasio and string cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's wrap it up with some uh, new music talk. Because a lot of uh, a lot of the artists that we've, you know, to some degree or another, we we enjoy have uh, on the same day dropped a whole bunch of new music. Megadeth, Ozzy, Monster Truck, and Bullet Boys kind of filled up our feed there, which was kind of nice. Um, that Megadeth track, boy, that is a fucking scorcher. I don't know. Have you had a chance to check it out? I have. I went. Uh, the, the video is unwatchable. 
but the uh, but the song itself is a, is a, is a definitely a burner. That's has uh, I think people you you maybe you mentioned or the comments are coming up. It's very Rust in Peace yeah ish. Uh, lots of tempo changes. Love the gallop at the end. Um, yeah, it's, it's if that's if that's a sign of things to come, I'm good with it. Uh, I do miss. Uh, the base of Dave Ellison, <laughs> he is greatly missed. Yeah, you, you might as well just just pretend it's him, and then you won't notice the difference. So okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I well, the video is a part of a three part series, and it's supposed to be the how Vic Rattlehead came to be Vic Rattlehead. Okay, so fair enough. Yeah, so I don't. I can give two shits about music videos nowadays. Uh, Underst- understood. Yeah. You know, it's uh, there wasn't a warehouse involved, so I was thrown off. Okay. Yeah, and they're all wearing shirts. I suppose that mm-hmm. uh, disappointed you as well. I uh, did. What about the new Ozzy track, uh, Patient Number Nine? Um, I gave it a couple spins. For me, it was very uh, like an Alice Cooper track ish. Kind of reminded me in that zone, but uh, I, there's just something missing. Like like the fact that it's it's only like four minutes and the last minute and a half. I'm just like, is it still going somewhere? It just seems like something it's building to. But it doesn't get there, hmm. but uh, it's okay. Yeah, and that's where I'm at too. Uh, if I have any hope, it's that that ordinary man record has really kind of grown on me the last couple years. I, I listened to that about a week before this came out, and every time I do, I like it just a little bit more. Um, and this has that kind of same. I had the same vibe uh, for "Under the Graveyard" as I did for this song, and uh, so so maybe there, there's something there. We'll see. The album comes out here later this summer. Um, Monster Truck has two out, and the uh, uh, the first one that they I, and the title escapes me, but uh, the the we played it on the show. Uh, it's it's fucking killer, but uh, I, I really enjoy both tracks. To be honest with you, there's Golden Woman. It's Golden Woman like, is what I'm thinking. Of. Yep, there's almost like it's a it's a. Uh, and then it's get my things and go. It's almost like a sequel. Like basically, he, he meets the greatest woman, and then she cheats on him, and then he, there get we out go. Of here. That's that. That's like the part two. They're both just straight up rock and roll, and right, yeah. tons of energy. Those are the. I would say that was the the good one. Those two are, are a good pairing. Yeah, the, out of the the, the Megadeth and the Monster Trucks are the are, are the best of the the ones we're going to talk about here. And you want to talk about a shitty music video? That new Bullet Bullet Boys song. What's it called? Fuck something or what the fuck? Not what there the fuck. That, what that's the fuck it. is Flip? I uh, I, I think uh, it's got fuck in it, which is always a good idea. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not a, a Puritan parent, so I'm not as offended by things like that as you. Um, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, it's not the '80s anymore. I don't think it's going to hold back the Bullet Boys from from breaking <laughs> from, the charts from radio. From radio? Okay. Uh, so uh, you know what? As a song, holy fuck! That's holy exactly fuck! Holy fuck! That's the name of it. <laughs> I don't know who that meathead is on guitar, but he does a horrible job at like pretending to say the word "holy fuck" in the video. It mm-hmm. just—I'm not familiar with his current band. I know, I know that stuff, but I will tell you, I, I love the um, the music on the on the verse parts. The guitars sound great, and the melody is not too bad. But that chorus is just flat and overall this is a, a pretty forgettable song i don't know if they have an album coming out or not um they just had the the the, the single in the video release so and it's super cheesy the video it's it, it's like not you know you can do cheap and it's kind of good mm-hmm. yeah because you're kind of going for that aesthetic this is not that this is trying to do more than you have the the technology to do and this is how it turns out you know but yeah. that that weird guy going holy fuck <laughs> 
Come on, lip sync better, bud. But again, bud. I don't give two shits about music videos nowadays, so. Sure. I didn't even see it. I just I just actually listened to the song, and I was like, yep, oh, I'm, I'm good. It's yeah. no Elefante for me. That was the last surprise for me, really. I thought uh, from out of no, from out of the skies was was solid. It was not as good. It's okay, but, but yeah, this is. Uh, I, I I I'm not going back to this. Give me the next song. What's what what else you got, Mark? Do I even yeah. know you, bro? And I'll and I'll hit one uh, two real quick on my end was because uh, mine were in the same zone as yours there for those, uh, but. Uh, you know, a band that both of us dug right in the beginning of this show, uh, but Crobot has a whole album out, mm. and it's, yeah, we haven't talked about that. Good, good pull. I, it's for me, it's just not working. I, I don't, I don't know. They've kind of went a different direction, and it's more produced. It's, it's like one of those things that you listen to, it, you're like, it's okay, but there's nothing in that really grabs me. It's got an ice cream cone on the cover. I can't even recall the name of it, but, but uh, it's a band that we kind of uh, heralded. In the beginning, yeah, that first record is amazing. Um, Fat City was a drop off, and the yeah. one they did after that, I did not like at all. I have not checked out this record. I've only heard the single, and I did like the single, so I'm a little surprised I didn't dig into it more. But um, yeah, you're right; they're they're kind of going a different direction. And that, yeah, that, that's fine. Do it. They should yep. do what they want to. They're you know but. sure. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, there's just a band that I had. I, I had. I guess we we saw better things for them in the in, back in the day. Definitely uh, different. It, um, they uh, definitely sound more unique, and then they kind of and it's I think it's like half the band now. But anyway, there was like an up and coming one that's kind of it to me. It sounds like they've uh, what's the channel on uh, on XM Radio that I always reference Octane. Thank you. They've Octane them. It kind of sounds like it fits in that format now, like everything else. But anyway, I'm but, all but there's about a Ozzy's ba- Boneyard. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're all about that, right? Just to make sure you hear some deep cut Iron Maiden. That was a nice surprise. Uh, but yeah, the other one I'll just mention is is one that that I have a dream, and that is that there is a band name that came randomly to my radar called Uncle Daddy, and that's spelled U N K L E Daddy. They are like a monster truck as far as just straight up uh, fun rock and roll with some, uh, and they're from. The Twin Cities. They're in Minnesota. They're playing near you. Um, they have they have a ten track album called Full Length. Get it? It's a beautiful beautiful uh, album cover. There, just a lot of fun. Um, and I don't know, man. They seem like I don't know if you've even given them a, a play yet. But there's but they have a song. You know, to me, I like nice fresh movie references. They have a song called O Face hmm. uh, as well. Uh, that's a jam. And is this like yeah, a Steel Panther band? Nope. Hmm. No, they're just fun. I mean, there's they have fun lyrics. They have a they have a, uh, but they're just just straight up rock and roll. Okay, but they're right right in town and and um, great guitars. Did you, you? I don't think you've you've definitely not checked them out then yet. No, not yet. Sorry, you sent me some links and like I said, been a little preoccupied. No problem. So that so I wanted to feature a song called Thick Licks and High Kicks for the outro. So my dream is that you'll interview them soon on Suns Out, Mike's Out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that we, They're local, man. They need the promotion. Oh, yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah, we can. Yeah, just tell me what email you want me to provide them. <laughs> I just want to end the show, bro, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get out of here, man. All right, buddy. It was good catching up with you. Rock's not dead. It just slipped down the stairs.
We have a pool in our uh, neighborhood, and they had a party there where they did a, what's called a beer dive, where they throw about uh, <clears throat> twenty cases of canned beer into there. So they had a beer dive at a sack social. 